0: Thanks for listening to the Thyroid Fixer podcast with your host, me, Dr. Amy Horniman, aka the Thyroid Fixer, functional medicine practitioner, hormone and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone and health related in order to empower, educate and transform you. So if you're ready to get your life back, let's get started. Are you sick of hearing me talk about young goose yet? Well, That's too bad because I love them. And I have been using them now for years, probably about two or three years. And I can honestly say that my skin looks great. So I go to my plastic surgeon's office to get a little bit of Botox, right? And he says, what are you doing for your skin? Because your skin looks great. And I'm 50. It's going to be young goose. You know, I've never had... The ability to do those ablative lasers that are supposed to refresh and renew your skin. I just can't do it. I break out. So I love a good product line that is actually going to do something with my skin and help me not age. So whether we're talking about eye cream, finding that perfect eye cream, whether you're finding that perfect collagen boosting cream that smooths out wrinkles. Young Goose has it all. I use pretty much everything in their line, but my favorites are going to be the Care Moisturizer. This has NAD and NAD boosting powers to it, which obviously helps your skin. We love NAD for anti-aging. I use the Hyperbaric Mask at night. I put that on. Oh my gosh, it just renews and replenishes and hydrates my skin. I use the Pro Care Serum. This is an anti-aging serum. It's Senolytic meaning it's going to seek out and destroy the bad cells and promote new cell growth. I use the Adaptogenic Cleanser. I use the Amplifying Essence, which really kind of boosts up your skincare overall. Bio-C Peptide Spray as a toner. Their entire line is fantastic. If you even start with two to three products, you will notice a difference. In your skin, so you're going to go to younggoose.com and you're going to use the code Doctor Amy. This is going to save you five percent off. Now, is it a ginormous savings? No, but their line is so precise and so grounded in science. This is what they can offer, and you know I love the owners too. I think buying from from a family owned company is so important, and if you met the owners, you would fall in love and want to use their products every single day because you know that their heart and soul is literally behind this line. So younggoose.com, use the code Dr. Amy, you will notice a difference in your skin. Have you ever heard of the baobab fruit? It's really interesting and it is such an affordable way to increase your antioxidants because this thing is a multi-talented, multi-vitamin, multi-mineral, one-of-a-kind supplement in powder form that you throw into your shakes. Oh, my God. It just pretty much becomes a no-brainer. So this particular Baobab Boost from Trim Healthy Mama, my two favorite ladies on the planet, they introduced me to this amazing antioxidant. And I fell in love. I put it in all the time. Every single shake that I have, I put the baobab powder in. It's citrus and sherbet tasting, dried flesh has 5 times the fiber of oats and a higher antioxidant level than any food on the planet. That's 8 times that of the superberry SIE and more than blueberries and pomegranates combined. So quit eating all the sugar. And just use organic Baobab fruit pulp. It's that easy. Because Trim Healthy Mama, they put that into a nice powder. Like I said, I just scoop it right out, throw it into my shake. Oh my gosh, it reduces inflammation and helps with weight loss. And the other really interesting thing about it is it's kind of working as an appetite suppressant. Now, I know it's not touted for that. But when you put it in your shake, especially first thing in the morning, throw that into a nice protein shake, you'll notice that your appetite is definitely curbed. So now I'm thinking of this perfect stack to replace or or supplement those GLPs out there on the market. What if we did Baobab and Metabolism Fixer together? That would be crazy. At controlling your appetite and with the baobab you're getting all those antioxidants it's it's amazing and this powder is so affordable it is so affordable so you're going to go to store.trimhealthymama.com and look up baobab it's b a o b a b baobab boost powder uh, these ladies have just gone all out with their entire line, but this is one of my favorites because I started using it. And I have to say that I noticed the appetite suppression difference. And then when I dove down the rabbit hole of what else is in it, the antioxidant content, the multi-mineral content, it just becomes a no brainer. So com. look for Baobab powder. Enjoy. DHT, what is this hormone and why are you breaking out and losing hair when you're taking testosterone, right? You thought testosterone was supposed to be such a great thing and it is. It has a host of benefits and can improve your life in so many ways. But one of the side effects that I see with some women, not all, and we're gonna go through what causes it, what you could be doing, what you can do to block it, what you can do to help it, some women will experience excess acne, cystic acne, and hair loss, specifically from increasing testosterone. Now, we're gonna go through some other factors too that might be outside of using testosterone or using testosterone replacement therapy that could contribute to your acne and your hair loss, but we have to start with the T. Testosterone, when you are doing a pellet, it will go to such an astronomically high level. This is really where I hear from even my audience, not just my patients. Definitely my patients coming in to work with me one-on-one who have done pellets in the past, they will 100% complain about this one side effect, which is hair loss. And that will come from that pellet going in, increases your testosterone really to a dude level. I have seen ladies after they've had that pellet inserted go up to a 900. Now there are guys out there that would kill for a 900 testosterone, kill for it. When you go that high, your chance of converting to dihydrotestosterone, which we will get into and break down in a moment, your chance of converting to DHT significantly increases. DHT is not a bad hormone. It's a hormone that we need. It plays a lot of beneficial roles in the body it's actually a more potent version of testosterone for men. So we don't wanna start blocking DHT unless it becomes a problem. But in some ladies who push their testosterone too high, it can be a problem. And I mainly see this with pellets. Now, will I also see it with injectables or creams? Absolutely. In fact, it occurs more with creams than injectables. And you might be surprised to hear that because when we think of injectable testosterone, we think, hey, this is gonna get our level up really quickly more so than the cream. I see the cream being less effective at increasing a woman's testosterone and definitely not a man's. I would not use Androgel nor a cream on a guy. We only do the injectable. It keeps a really nice steady state with you guys. But for the ladies, even the creams, I mean, unless you're averse to needles of any kind or you are, I don't know, maybe you're coming off of a pellet, but even then I would start with the injectable. I prefer the injectable. So the only time we do a cream is if you're already on a cream and it's working or you're totally averse to needles, even the little insulin needles, then we'll do the cream. But the cream actually causes more of a conversion to DHT than does the injectable. Fun fact. But the bottom line is we can all have different levels of susceptibility to that DHT conversion. So what happens is the testosterone goes down the five alpha reductase pathway And that five alpha reductase pathway, if it's, we'll say strong, pushes that conversion to dihydrotestosterone. Now, in a past episode, I showed you my Dutch test. And on the Dutch test, there's a little dial that it actually tests how much you push down that five alpha reductase pathway. My dial was almost all the way over to the you're really strongly pushing down this pathway. And my DHT was also elevated, but I am not one to experience acne or hair loss from it. So it's very interesting, even with that elevated DHT, not all of you ladies will experience acne or hair loss. That's why you shouldn't be scared of using testosterone, but let's go over these things. If you are on it and you're experiencing acne and hair loss, or if you're timid about using it because of that fear, let's actually break that down. So yes, you can do a Dutch test and you can see how you push down that 5-alpha reductase pathway. Now, is that diagnostic? Does that mean that if that dial is high, you're going to break out and lose your hair? No, it doesn't. But it gives you a little bit of an insight. And maybe for some ladies, if you're going to be changing over from that cream to injectable or injectable to cream, or you're coming off the pellets and you want to see how your body responds to that, or you just want to fork out the money for a Dutch test before you start hormones, That's fine. You can do so and see how you push down that five alpha reductase pathway. The only problem with doing, I'm gonna side note this really quickly. The only problem with doing a Dutch test prior to starting on hormones, and I heard this analogy and it's so perfectly said, it's like doing an audit on a 14 year old's bank account. There's nothing there. So if you're a typical perimenopausal menopausal woman and you're coming in and we're testing you for the first time with a Dutch, It's kind of pointless because you don't have a lot of hormones on board anyways. But one thing it will give you is how do you push down that 5-alpha reductase pathway? Now we can also test DHT as a blood test. And again, is that a hundred percent? Absolutely not. So when you're looking at that DHT, dihydrotestosterone blood test, you can have a high level like myself, actually flagged high, red, flagged high and not experience hair loss. Or you could have a DHT level of a six and say, you know what, I'm breaking out in cystic acne on my chin and I lost some hair on my crown. It all depends on how you personally react. So yes, we can test, absolutely we can test, but then we have to kind of look at the full picture like we should be doing anyways. Ask you, how do you feel and what are your symptoms? And let's look at other things that could be contributing to that acne and hair loss. Okay, I got off track. Let's get back. DHT. DHT, like I said earlier, it plays a role in regulating testosterone levels and it actually does help maintain healthy skin and hair. When I spoke with Jay Campbell a few years ago on the show, he was explaining how DHT is not something to be feared and not something to be suppressed because it plays such an important role. It kind of reminds me of cortisol. Everyone fears cortisol. And they want to suppress their cortisol. But cortisol is necessary for life. It's needed for every aspect of your body and you die without cortisol. Now, you're not going to die without DHT, but it does play a role in maintaining healthy skin and hair. We just don't want too much. In males or females, we just don't want too much DHT. When DHT is high in men, this is where we will see that male pattern baldness. So we all know somebody from high school that was bald by the age of 30 or 35. That's a genetic factor for sure, and there's also the DHT playing a role in that male pattern baldness. And it's the classic right around right around the forehead kind of looping back, right? With women, women will experience more hair thinning and hair loss at the crown. That's where we see DHT express itself and women. Now, DHT levels will increase with age. We see that that gradual increase with age and certain lifestyle choices. So what will increase DHT on its own without you getting a pellet inserted into your bum? Smoking, alcohol, a crappy standard American diet, high inflammatory foods, high levels of stress high levels of stress. I'm gonna say that again, because we don't give stress enough clout in how it affects our body. So we know, I just got done saying we need cortisol, right? But we don't want too much cortisol, just like we don't want too much DHT. Too much cortisol is actually very inflammatory. So if you're under that low level constant stress, that ongoing bam, bam, day after day after day, or there's something going on that is, long standing, it doesn't look like there's an end to this stress at all, that will produce high levels of inflammation on a daily basis. And not only will that inflammation affect your hair and your skin, and it will literally affect the follicle, but that stress, that high cortisol will push up DHT and will also affect your hair. Now, the receding hairline, that's for guys. That's the male pattern baldness. Again, not always a sign of aging. It could just be genetics, diet, stress level, hormone imbalance, even medication and illness, viral infections. Remember back in 2020 when we all had something called COVID and all of us lost hair, had massive, massive hair shedding about three months after, classic a viral infection to that level, hugely inflammatory in the body, usually accompanied by a fever, that will affect the hair. Now, some people saw hair shedding. Some people saw, like myself, hair breaking, where literally my hair would break in half or it broke at a weird spot. So I would have these random four inch hairs because it literally just broke off. And that is how the follicle was affected. Anything that we do usually affects the hair about three months later because of that hair growth cycle. So that's why COVID took about a two to three month window to really start to see that hair shedding and hair breaking, start to see that that viral effect on the follicle and on the hair shaft itself. But sometimes when we get a spike in testosterone converting to dihydrotestosterone, DHT, it can be more immediate, such as in the case of the pellets. So with my ladies getting pellets, when you hit that peak, that 600, 700, 800, 900 total testosterone level peak of the pellet, most of my ladies will start to see that hair thinning and hair shedding pretty much right away. And that conversion to DHT is strong, mainly because you have so much testosterone on board. The more testosterone that's on board, the more it can convert to DHT. And that's why, again, going back to the creams and the injectables, I really like using creams and injectables because we can control your dose. With the pellets, once it's in, it's in. And you just have to deal with it and ride out that hair loss and acne until the pellet dissolves. You can't get it removed. But with things like creams, injectables, we can adjust the dose. We can adjust the timing. You can adjust your own dose. Here's what I do. I use the injectable testosterone. If I start noticing that I'm breaking out a little bit more, which usually doesn't happen, but we're all human. We can all break out. So if I start seeing that, what I will do is just start spacing my dose out a little bit. Maybe I'll go 10 days, or maybe I'll just back it up. I'll cut it in half. So I'm still getting that pulse of the T, but I'm taking a lesser dose. And then when my face clears up, I'll go back to my normal dose. So I might even scatter, scatter dose it in order to have my skin calm down and stop breaking out. Now, there are different things that we can do to block that DHT, to push it down another path. One of those things is actually a prescription, finasteride and dutasteride. Now there's a topical finasteride that we can put on our hair And there's oral finasteride and dutasteride, which will help to block the conversion of testosterone into DHT and thus reduce that acne flare, the sebum production in the skin and hair loss. The other thing we can do is add in something like saw palmetto and nettles. Now I've been getting a lot of questions, so I'm actually in the process right now. Maybe by the time you hear this, it will be out of creating a DHT blocking supplement because it's something that I hear so much. So in my research, 500 milligrams to 1,000 milligrams of saw palmetto is kind of that sweet spot for ladies. So in the past, I've put my patients on prostate support, really supplements that are designed for men, but they have saw palmetto in it because saw palmetto is fantastic for a man's prostate. But what we'll do is put these ladies on these prostate supplements and then they're getting a bunch of other stuff that they really don't need. So if we narrow it down and just use saw palmetto in like a 500 milligram to 1000 milligram daily dose and even start that prior to, going on testosterone therapy, especially if you know from doing a Dutch test that your 5-alpha reductase pathway is strong and you have a tendency to push to DHT, or you have elevated DHT from go, even before we start you on the testosterone, then maybe we start that saw palmetto first. We get that on board and get it in your system, and then we start that TRT, and that's another way to do it. Progesterone. I We talked about progesterone on here. I've talked about it. I've had guests talk about it. The benefits are tremendous. Well, another benefit of progesterone is that it will actually have an inhibitory effect on DHT. So when you are low in progesterone, you're going to push more of your testosterone over to DHT. When you are estrogen dominant, such as in the case of PCOS or excessive exposure to xenoestrogens, or you just have that low progesterone to estrogen ratio, which is making you estrogen dominant, then all of a sudden with that excess estrogen on board, progesterone no longer has the ability to block DHT. DHT remains unopposed and then has the ability to exert a greater effect on the skin. So when a woman has estrogen dominance, acne is more likely to be pronounced during that luteal or second phase of a menstrual cycle, or if you are a perimenopausal menopausal woman, that estrogen dominance can occur just from that lack of progesterone. So that's why I like getting progesterone on board to help. Progesterone is a balancer. Progesterone is the balancing hormone. So in addition to balancing your mood and your sleep and having a host of protective effects on your bone, on your breasts, on your heart, on your brain, in addition to estrogen, because we know estrogen has those protective effects as well. We don't want you low in estrogen, but we don't want you high in estrogen. So progesterone will come in and balance estrogen too. So whenever we see that low progesterone, estrogen dominant profile in a patient, we bring on the progesterone. Well, it has another benefit. Guess what? It helps to block DHT. Now, again, cortisol, we got to come back to it. Cortisol will absolutely push up DHT, and in and of itself, it can cause acne. There's actually a cortisol-releasing hormone receptor on every skin cell. So when we experience stress, that CRH, that cortisol-releasing hormone, binds to its receptor on the skin cell and promotes oil production and then ultimately contributes to the development of acne. So this is interesting. A 2017 study showed that female medical students, all kinds of stressed out, exhibited an increase in acne severity during times of heightened stress. Shocker, right? The study concluded that stress positively correlates with acne. Additionally, it is not only psychological stress that can cause acne, but also physical stress, such as, environmental toxins, cigarette smoke, UV radiation that can contribute to a stress response, excessive exercise, excessive dieting, and in turn, cause acne. Furthermore, going one step further, acne can also be driven by another stress hormone, DHEAS. This hormone is produced by the adrenal gland. It acts as an androgen in the body similar to testosterone and DHT. And then when that is in excess, DHEAS can lead to a condition known as adrenal PCOS, a type of PCOS that's it's not as common, but it's still responsible for acne, hair growth in unwanted places, not on your head, and just chronic inflammation in the body. So it's important to not pile on the DHEA supplementation because while that is a precursor and I know many practitioners out there, especially those who can't prescribe testosterone will use DHEA with my ladies in an attempt to bump up your testosterone naturally. But the problem is, is that I've heard from some women as soon as they take DHEA, they will break out. And it's this androgen effect That can occur even with DHEA. Sometimes you're better off going right to the source and taking testosterone instead of taking the precursors that can also have an acne causing hair loss effect on the body. Okay, we went over progesterone, we went over testosterone, we went over alcohol, poor diet, stress. Last thing would be gut imbalances. Now, you've all heard me say, that I do not believe. And I saw this in one of your posts in the Girl Fix Your Thyroid group the other day, that you're working with a functional practitioner, you have all kinds of screwed up thyroid, low hormones, but by God, they're doing a gut healing protocol first. And I said, you know, that's great and all, because balancing the gut, which we're gonna get into is incredibly beneficial, has a host of benefits on the body but it's not going to magically produce T3. It's not going to magically produce sex hormones that are no longer being made by your body because you're perimenopausal or menopausal. It's not going to produce that magical testosterone, that get shit done hormone. It's just not. Not that doing gut balancing and gut healing is a bad thing. It should be done in conjunction with. So this is where, you know me, I always call bullshit on those functional practitioners out there that say, I can heal your thyroid with a gut protocol and an adrenal one, because reality is they can't prescribe the stuff that you actually need, the hormones that you actually need. You don't need a boatload of Band-Aid medications. You need hormones and they can't do it. So they do a workaround and sell you a really expensive gut healing protocol. Let's not do that. Let's love on the gut a little bit. So going back to the gut, and how it ties into acne and hair loss. Listen, we all know about the microbiome and we're all listening to Jamie Lee Curtis on TV, talk about Activia yogurt and how it made her life that much better. Now I call bullshit on that too, but there's something to balancing the gut flora. So when our gut flora is off, the good guys and the bad guys, then we can actually see an effect on the skin. So the gut, you know, listen, it does play a role. It plays a huge role in our bodies. There's the gut brain connection where the gut makes the majority 90% of our serotonin. That's for another podcast. And there's the gut skin connection. So as you know, right, at some point in time in your life, even as a teenager, you would say, you know, when I eat chocolate, I break out. Or when I eat X, Y, Z, whatever it is, dairy. Dairy is a huge contributor to acne. Some people can do it. Some people can take it. Some people can't. When you eat certain foods that throw off your gut bacteria or that cause inflammation in your body, specifically starting in your gut because you just ate it, it's going to have an effect on your skin. It's also going to have an effect on your hair. Just like not getting enough protein will affect the hair shaft and the hair follicle. Absolutely. So when we use specific gut healing protocols, specific probiotics, not the same probiotic every day, but specific probiotics to heal the gut, then we can actually start to notice an effect on our hair, an improvement in our hair. Also back to the gut, there's a specific bacteria and we can actually see this in the GI map test. I think GI map is the best test for the gut. It shows us everything. So it shows us something called beta-glucuronidase. And beta-glucuronidase, is a marker of how you process and eliminate your estrogen. So beta glucuronidase being off, it can cause estrogen to recirculate in the body instead of clearing out via you pooping every day. So it's very important to poop every day for estrogen balance and for your skin. So you're in this microbial imbalance in your gut, some of those bacteria, and this is why it's important not to take the same probiotic every day, If you're feeding the same group of bacteria day in and day out, those bacteria will produce more beta-glucuronidase. So then the recirculating estrogen will go on to bind to estrogen receptors and have a more pronounced estrogenic effect on the body. So i.e. your gut can create a state of estrogen dominance, thus promoting more acne, more inflammation in the body, more hair loss, all from that beta glucuronidase. So that's something that you can test. But the biggest thing you can do for that is eat a variety of gut healing foods, your bone broth, collagen, take berberine, take a probiotic, but switch them up. You don't have to take a probiotic every day, nor should you. And you definitely shouldn't be on the same one. You can take a mixture of spore-based probiotics. You can eat sauerkraut and fermented foods, focus on prebiotic foods. Look it up, look up what are prebiotic foods? You'll get a list. Focus on consuming a variety of different probiotic and prebiotic foods and do your own gut healing protocol to balance out your microbiome because this will absolutely affect your skin and will help your skin. So before you go ditching the testosterone, I highly recommend that you look into all of these different factors and put in some salt palmetto, eat a more balanced diet, absolutely take out the garbage and the inflammatory foods because we could go down a whole nother path of what insulin does and how insulin affects the hair. But that'll be in the all about hair loss episode that will be coming out. We have a specific episode. This one, I wanted to strictly focus on DHT and that acne slash hair loss effect of DHT. I also wanted to calm some fears of those thinking about or knowing that hey, my testosterone level is a five, is a twenty. I hear Doctor Amy talk all the time. It should be above a fifty for my total testosterone, and most women do better at one hundred to two hundred. But oh, I'm so scared. I'm so scared to take testosterone because it's gonna. I'm gonna get get a breakout. I'm going to look like a prepubescent boy. No, don't be scared. Some of you, some of you are going to be the highly sensitive ones. The ones, and I'm talking maybe one out of a thousand, one out of 5,000 that we just can't do testosterone with you. We've tried every form. We have tried every blocker, maybe one out of 10,000. It's very rare because once we go down that natural path the saw palmetto, controlling stress, balancing your microbiome, having you eating all of those good foods that promote skin health and help with your hair, getting in enough protein. Then we can go into the finasteride, the dasteride. We can go into the prescriptions and these can be used short term. These aren't something that you're on forever and ever and ever. Sometimes a short stint of them is enough to block And then women get that effect ongoing. And maybe we throw it in three months later. Some women will stay on it because they won't experience a side effect, but they will experience thicker, fuller hair, less hair loss and a clearing of your skin. Now, before I let you go, one thing I don't want you taking, if it is all avoidable, that Spiro, Spironolactone, given to PCOS patients quite often, because it reduces androgen. So in the typical classic PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome patient, we will see estrogen dominance and androgen excess. So the, the classic presentation, and listen, PCOS can affect you at any age. You do not have to be 16 years old with a beard. It can affect you at any age and it can present in a multitude of different ways. But I'm saying the classic Presentation of PCOS would be a teenager, female, irregular cycles, excess androgens, acne, facial hair at a young age, and the dark sideburns. That's what we will see with that classic presentation of PCOS. But like I said, you could have it at any age. I got diagnosed within my 30s. I just had the acne and I was not taking testosterone at the time, but I was in an insulin resistant androgen dominant state. In those cases, Spiro comes in and helps reduce those androgens. But I've seen a lot of perimenopausal menopausal women put on Spiro and now they have no testosterone because it dropped your testosterone. So you're treating one set of symptoms for another. Now you have to deal with the low testosterone symptoms. Oh, but you're on Spiro and your face is clear. Some women might choose that. They absolutely might choose the loss of muscle mass, the loss of libido, loss of motivation because their hair's, Thick and their skin is clear. But I think we can find, I know we can find a nice, happy middle ground where you don't have to take the Spiro that tanks your testosterone and deal with the low T symptoms, but we can still add in a variety of different things, do some lifestyle and nutrition changes to save your hair and save your skin. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast. And if you want to find out more about working together,